0: Starting this new series, uh, Walking on Water. Say it with me out loud. Walking, Walking on water. I'll Oh, say it louder. Walking on water. We're going to jump into Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14. All of you that are online watching, and we have hundreds around the nation and some countries of the world. So I want all of us to welcome, come on, let's welcome our other campus here. God bless you. Matthew 14, verse 22. Everybody ready? Take a few notes. Open your Bible if you can, or we're on the screen. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat, and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Right before our text, Jesus had taken a boy's lunch, actually it was given to him, and he was able to pray over it, multiply it, and provide lunch for thousands and thousands of people. John's gospel says that the crowd got out of control and they want to make Jesus the king in essence, overthrow the Roman government. And the disciples are caught in the midst of this. Maybe they're thinking about their position in the new administration. But Jesus here, he says, I command you, get in the boats. Obviously, they were hesitant, and they get in the boat. Everything seems cool. Jesus goes up to the mountain He's praying. And then the Bible says in verse 24, But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Another translation says that they were tossed about by high winds and heavy seas. It's late at night, and they're in a storm, unexpected storm, some storms you never think they're gonna arrive, and they do. Somebody bullies you at school, somebody passes a rumor about you, you lose a job, you make a terrible decision, And the storm in a day shows up. And you find yourself in the middle of winds that are against you. It's a hallowing circumstance. And you may be right now in one of those storms. You're fighting the winds... And you're fighting the waves. But the Bible says in verse 25, and even before this, Jesus sees, while the disciples think they're all alone in the boat, there's a scripture in the, another one of the Gospels that says that he saw them that they were re- rowing tirelessly all night. They've now been out there about nine hours. Anyone ever been on a real storm in a small boat? Let me see your hand. We are in Florida. Okay, one, two, three, keep them up. I want to count every person. Uh, One time, years ago, Phil Grace had this beautiful yacht Uh, down in Fort Lauderdale, and he said, I want to take out the board, and and we're going to have a great time, and we go out off of Fort Lauderdale. Seemed like a nice day, and within a little while, the boat begins to, like, go up and down, and the waves are high, and I'm praying, come quickly, Lord Jesus, (laughs) and I almost lost. Anyway, it was a hallowing situation. But the Bible says in verse 25, and in the fourth watch, three o'clock in the morning, Jesus shows up at unusual times, three o'clock in the morning. He can show up in a dream. He can show up by someone knocking on your door. He can show up by someone saying something in your small group at the fourth watch, not the first watch, not the second watch, not the third. Notice it says here, on the fourth watch of the night, not the day, he came to them walking on water, but... When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. It takes, it takes unusual faith, faith sometimes to recognize that Jesus is there. To know that he's in our circumstance and in our situation. And the Bible says that they're in the boat. The boat boat is rocking, and they are feverishly they are feverishly rowing. Put that line up there. Feverishly, they're rowing, and they for sure think that life is over, things are bad, and. Uh, They, wow! Uh, Jesus is not here yet. I can see that. Where is Jesus, Jesus? And they they see something out between the mist and the rain, and they say it's a ghost. Which actually is our word "phantom," not "phantom of the opera," "phantom of the seas." So they don't clearly say, "Hey guys, that's Jesus out there." No, they say, "What's, well, what's, what's, what's actually, what's actually happening?" What's that? See, when you don't have Jesus, anything can. They told me be very say, careful, but. Uh, It's a phantom, it's a phantom, it's a ghost, just what we needed, a ghost. However, the Bible says they cried out in fear. Notice, it <laughs> doesn't make it clear they're crying out to Jesus. The Bible says they're just, like, going crazy, like, this is the end of our lives. They're terrified. And 12 of them unanimously uh, are here in the boat. Jesus is right, right nearby, and yet the 12 sit there. Misunderstanding that Jesus is not the phantom. It's Jesus in the midst of the storm. And sometimes the winds are blowing so loudly in your life, you're not able to actually perceive that Jesus is present. Theologically, as New Covenant believers, Christ is with us. However, he wants us to, on a regular basis, encounter Jesus in a personal way where he speaks to us and he comforts us and he lifts us up so that we are above the storm and that no matter how shaky the circumstance is, okay, no matter how how shaky the circumstance is, stop laughing over there, there's three girls here, I'm going to call you out. But, verse 27, immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. I like the passion, and I'd like you to read it. Verse number 27, read it out loud if you would. Then Jesus said, verse 27, what is the problem here? Okay, read it out loud. Uh, which I want all those that speak Spanish to say it because we're having problems with English here today. Okay, everybody with Spanish. One, two, three. We got problems with Spanish, too. Okay, let's try Portuguese. One, two, three, Portuguese. Let's try English. Everyone, verse 27, Then Jesus said, don't Say it again. Say it again. Then Jesus said, don't I am here. 11 o'clock, there's something about it. I don't know. Those that are watching... No sermon, no guilt talk, no, well, why, no judgmental, hey, guys, be be brave, Uh, don't be afraid, I'm here. Now, when you kind of have more of a clarity now that uh, Jesus has now spoken, you'd think that maybe everybody in the boat would get out of the boat and just head to Jesus because it is safer where Jesus is than where you are. But somehow, when we get into the boat, our boat represents our security, our complacency, our comfort. And sometimes in our boat, the reason we don't get out is because we're trusting in ourselves and we're leaning to our own wisdom and we're leaning to our abilities, and because We can't do it in our abilities. We stay in the boat. And we never discern the authentic call of God. That God is speaking. The boat can represent what God did yesterday. And God is always doing a new thing so that we do not become bored with Jesus or our lives. Often we don't get out of the boat because we've lost our purpose, so there's no directive of the path that we're going, and so it seems easier to sit and to look and to watch and never act and never get out of the boat. You have to get out, to find out, you have to get, say it with me, you have to get out, out. say it louder, you have to get, To get To to find out what? To find out what God is calling you to do, what God is calling you to be. And sometimes we can misinterpret the call and do something unwise. A man appeared at the pearly gates in heaven. Saint Peter was standing there and he said to the man, "Uh, have you ever done anything that had a particular merit man paused for a little while he said well I do remember that one day I came upon a gang of bikers and they were harassing this young woman and I went over to them and I said now listen I I direct you not to touch her. But they wouldn't listen. And I went over to the biggest guy, big guy, and I slapped him across the face. I pulled out his nose ring and threw it down. I went over and I kicked his bike. And I told him, If you don't back off, you'll have to answer to me. St. Peter, quite impressed. He said, when did that happen? He said, a couple minutes ago. Listen carefully to the authentic call of Jesus because he is calling you out into the waves. And that one decision to step out can change your life. Can transform your life. The 12 are silent except for one, Mr. Peter, and he decides he's still shaky, he's not sure whether the ghost spoke, the phantom, or Jesus, or what he should do. And he actually asks for permission to come to Jesus. Verse 28, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. If it is you, command me. And Jesus answered by saying, come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. Peter decided to get out, to find out what Jesus had for him. And the Bible says, he began to walk on water. In a sense, when we walk on water, we are walking by faith. We are walking in a state of understanding that our eyes are on Jesus, and Jesus is there. No matter the, how many winds and storm that coming to me, coming to us, we have this assurance inside of us: Jesus is present. He is here. The story is in part about walking on water. And Peter just didn't jump out of the boat. He had great faith. Say that. He had great faith. Great faith. And the Bible says, as he is walking on the waters, all of a sudden, he's looking at Jesus, and for a second and a half, he kind of just turns his head and has a lapse of faith. Maybe two seconds. Just like this story is for you and me. It's like you're walking on water. Praise God. God is good. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful day, and you happen to look at your bank account, (laughs) and all of a sudden you have a lapse of faith. Every Monday morning, they give to me the report of our financial resources for the week. Sometimes I come in, and it's absolutely great, and I say, whoa, I am walking on water today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is good. He's with us. Other days, after I have preached as hard as I can preach, we have done everything to minister to hundreds of people. And I come in, and Tracy says, here's the number. And I go, oh. And I have a a lapse. Sometimes it's seconds. Sometimes it's minutes. And sometimes... I start to think, well, what did you do? And then I have to come to my sense, senses, and I shake my head, and I remind myself, Clattenberg, Jesus is building the church. Relax, keep preaching, and be nice. And, and <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Other times i toss and turn in the middle of the night. Oh my God, what are we going to do? We're sending this money over here and we're going over there. And then when there's the ministry and the youth want more money for those school campuses and, and then... <clears throat> <laughs> the lapse of faith here is just a couple seconds. This thing is, this chapter is not Solely on, have more faith. Because I think it happened like this. Jesus puts out his hand, and he pulls him up. I get a lot of revelation while I'm doing my lap swimming. And I got this on the whatever lap. And I I think it happened like this. Pulls him up, and he says... He didn't do this. Well, so, so why didn't you have faith? So why, Peter? I'm Jesus. You ever have religious people around you like that? Oh, my goodness. Don't hurt him. <laughs> I think he did this. I think he brought him up, and he smiled. He said, hey, Peter, your faith lapsed there for a few seconds. Kind of got a little doubt there. The big picture is not what he didn't have, it's what he had through Jesus who had his hand out because Jesus is our rescuer. He rescues us sometimes when we are absolutely replete with fear, unbelief have made the worst decisions, and somehow he reaches a hand. Anybody have any experience with this? He reaches out his hand, and the Bible says he reaches out his hand, verse 31, he immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, and he rescues him out of that circumstance. And Peter is now with Jesus. And today, whatever storm you're in, on your college campus, in high school, the test you failed, the test to go to college. Jesus is there. And when Jesus is there, everything changes and he transforms and he takes us from where we are to where we have, where we cannot even get out of. I think in my own life, Think of the situations that I've been in. I had no idea how I was gonna get through them. I've found one thing in my whole life. When I'm really high on Jesus, (laughs) when I'm really high in victory, or when things have shifted on me, and a lot of times, sometimes our future is the result of some people around, I found one answer. Almost, it's either morning or night, every day, I'm gonna head toward my prayer chair and I'm gonna meet with Jesus. I don't think about it as a devotional. I don't think about it, quote, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to show up tomorrow morning very early, and I'm going to seek the Lord. When I get in, sit down, Judy brings my fruit, a cup of coffee, and I sit there, and I say, Lord, I'm here to seek you. I open that book and I get my morning briefing and he'll say one word to me. And I know that on that morning I've met with Jesus. Some mornings you don't feel it. How many can say "Amen." amen? That's okay, by faith I know he's there. I said by faith I know he's there. So I'm going to stick around that chair until I have an experience with Jesus because I know that when I get out of my circumstance, I get out of my boat where I'm feeling like, well, we didn't have financial resources or this didn't happen. And I decided to get out to find out, to find out what? To find out how big Jesus is. To find out how, how... How small I am. You have to get out. You have to get out to find out. Because when you get out of your boat, what you're saying is, I have nothing that I can do myself. I know as long as I am in this boat and I stay where I am, then I'm relying on myself or my cash or my this or that. And you have to get desperate where you say, I don't care what has happened in my life, I'm heading to my meeting with Jesus. Uh. Get out of the boat. Disciple one person. Get out of the boat, open your house for three people. Get out of the boat, start tithing. Then that Monday morning report will be better. Get out of your boat. And notice what happened here. He takes him by the hand, and then something happens. The Bible says, the Bible says they got in the boat. Who got in the boat? Peter. I'm Peter. Jesus got in the boat. And when he got in the boat, all of a sudden, the storm stopped. And then... The 11 guys, the Bible says, those in the boat, all these guys went, my goodness, this is the Son of God. And you know what they started to do? All of a sudden, they started to worship him. Paul describes it in Philippians 2. He says, God has exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. Every name in heaven, every name on earth, and every name under the earth. said that every person would confess. Every person would kneel. And every tongue would confess that Jesus is Lord. And then the Bible says, to the glory of God the Father. Because what is the most awesome life-changing experience is when we begin to lift our hands and we begin to glorify God the Father. I may not understand what's happening. I may not know where I went wrong or I might feel like I'm not enough. Nobody even knows who I am. I, I don't have very much to offer, my kids rejected me, went through a divorce, sometimes in those moments, just have to lift our hands to the name that is above every name, the name that is above all that I'm going through my trouble. When we, as a family, take Holy Communion, there is this honoring of Jesus. Jesus put in place this Holy Eucharist, and he said, I receive from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me, in the same way after supper he took the cup, saying, "This cup is the new covenant of my blood in my blood. Do this in, whenever you drink it in remembrance of me." I, I realize more and more that when I take the holy Communion that Jesus instituted, and I take the bread, and I think of the cross. That he gave his body for me. That I could have my sins forgiven, my body healed. And that he also shed his blood. And that his blood, the Bible says, became a weapon against every demonic evil power that comes against us no matter how treacherous the enemy is to us and I'm believing even as I remember Dorothy I happened to say one day keep taking communion every week some months ago she said my I've been healed, my kidneys, I'm off dialysis. And I'm believing in a minute that as we honor him, as we lift up Jesus, and we huddle in small groups all over this room. And we have stations, if you're a guest, you can watch or if you know Christ. Take the bread and the cup. Would you stand together, everyone? No one move for a second. Everyone stand for a moment. Look this way just for a moment. The Bible says that we are to examine ourselves before we take the Holy Communion. Don't walk over and take communion without forgiving every person you walk and say I forgive don't take communion that way or there's something there just say Jesus forgive me I am believing in our church family that we're going to see hundreds and hundreds of miracles we saw the miracle about night prayer but I believe people are going to be healed they are going to come up here and say I just got healed I took communion I never speak before taking communion I never write my sermon and in my study I kneel down and I lift up the bread and I lift up the cup kneeling by my table because there's power in the blood of Jesus curses are going to fall strongholds are gonna come off this is about Jesus so our pastors and leaders are here there's some back here there's some over here in the balcony right here over here by right on the side right over here find somebody that's by themselves take communion together as you do it just worship Jesus but pray before you take it. Yes, go ahead. sing that one more time, we give you all the glory. I don't know there's something about lifting your hands. Something about lifting your hands. And let's all, let's all 100% lift our voices. And let's declare healing as as we're worshiping Him. We give you, sing it with everything you have, sing it. We give you you are. Jesus reaches his hand out to us. And he gives us grace, not what we deserve. Before we leave here, maybe you say, listen, I need the hand of Jesus to reach out to me and give me forgiveness of my sin. He doesn't give us what we deserve. And in the middle of our sin, we feel unworthy because guilt and condemnation and shame enwrap themselves around us and we feel so unworthy. But we have to remember Jesus left heaven for all of us in our state of hopelessness. Sometimes you you don't know everything. You can't understand it with your mind but your heart speaking so loudly, and your heart says, you need Jesus. Listen to your heart, spirit. In just a moment, we want to give friends that are here, those that are watching online, an opportunity just to throw up a hand and say, that's what I need. I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. And not only that, I want to really give my life to Christ. I've tried my way. I want to go His way. And don't think you're beyond the grace of God. I know you might want to walk out of here and say, it's it's just, I can't do it. One hand in the air, and Jesus' hand is there reaching your hand. A moment, I'm going to count the three, and you just throw up a hand. And often there are those that once knew Christ, and they just have become disconnected, and they've got to come back and say, Jesus, I need you. Don't give up on yourself. Give yourself to Jesus, and he'll give you new life. Every Christian praying. Don't give up on yourself. When I count to three, you throw up your hand, say, pray for me, one, two, three, put it up all over the building. Put it up. Put it up. Yes, yes, put it up. Yes. Yes. Put it up. Put it up. Balcony. Put it up. Say yes to Christ. Say yes to Jesus. We're going to ask everyone that raised your hand just to walk. Stand here. We're going to have a closing prayer. You come right now. Come, wherever you uh, walk. We, we give you all the glory. Come right now. Come, come, come to Jesus. Get out of your chair. That's it, that's it. That have come we're not thinking about how bad you've been but how good Jesus is when we come to Christ this is not behavior of modification this is not about what we do it's first about receiving Christ in our hearts and being forgiven the absolute greatest miracle in all time is when one person prays and they become a new person in Christ. And the Bible says he forgives our sins and that he makes us as righteous as Christ is. He justifies us. We're going to pray this prayer. Pastor Dave is here. After that, we're going to take you to the side. There are a couple friends there. We're going to give you a Bible for a couple minutes. If you didn't come, pray the prayer where you are. And Those that are watching, you pray this prayer. You may only whisper it, but you say it church family let's let's say this prayer with our friends jesus, jesus I, put I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross i, the cross. I, confess, and I confess and believe that god raised jesus from the dead, from the dead. And, he and he is alive i turn from my sin I repent, sin, I repent of my sin, and I abandon my life, abandon my life. to follow, Jesus. follow Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Into my heart. Forgive, me my sin, Forgive me of my sin, and give to me your grace, me your grace. the gift of righteousness, righteousness. And, eternal and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer, Jesus is in your heart. <laughs> Go with them. Just before we go, just before we go, just a second. I feel like God is calling us to really pray at a whole new level. And I wanna ask as many as can come on Wednesday night for a night prayer. How many believe that prayer makes the difference in the church? Thanks for joining us. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you want to partner with us, you can click the link in the description to give now. And if you enjoyed this podcast, hit the subscribe button to stay in the loop and share it with your friends.
1: Thanks again for listening and have a great week.